When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So what type of leader builds a successful organization? You know, we always talk about leadership. We always talk about the importance of leadership, but there are different types of leaders and some are more successful than others. We know that. And we know that we've had leaders in our lives that we like and leaders in our lives that we don't like. They're, they're leaders in politics we like, leaders in politics we don't like. I'm actually still searching for a leader in politics I like. But that aside, what we're really looking at is, you know, we're, we're leading uh, our firm right? We're leading our firm, whether we're, whether we're the owner of the firm, whether we're a manager in the firm, um, whether we're staff in the firm, we're still leading in that firm. And the question is, what kind of leader are we? And what are we going to do to improve our leadership so that we can help our company and our clients grow? So with that, we have a very special guest, Chris Kalenda. Uh, uh, Chris Kalenda is a retired um, U.S. Army colonel. And uh, very excited. I have an affinity for the military, um, not because I was in it, but because I was a Mormon missionary. And we, we just have an affinity with the whole idea of a mission and going in and, and, and taking pot shots, getting, getting pot shots taken at us. So um, I, I get that. Mine, mine were more verbal pot shots, not physicals. And uh, so it's just great, Chris. So great to have you um, and to have your experience with us talking about leadership. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Tom. So if you would, Chris, just give us, uh, our listeners, a little bit of your background and how you came to, to write about leadership. And your book is Leadership, the Warrior's Art. Art. We, we think about, when we think about leaders, we frequently think about military leaders. How did you get to this place that you're, now this is your, your, your work? Sure. Well, I spent 24 and a half years in the military and then a few years after that as a senior advisor to the Secretary of Defense. Uh, during that time, I had various leadership positions uh, in Afghanistan. I was leading a force of about 800 paratroopers in eastern Afghanistan. And I've just always had a love and a passion for, for leadership. And as I retired from the military and started my own consulting business, I wanted to bring some of those practices into, into the business world recognizing that things that work in the military, the tactics that work in the military don't always work in business. There can be a certain conceit about military leaders that if you can lead well in the military, you can lead well in the civilian world. And that's, that's simply not the case. We have too many examples of that, but the principles are, uh, many of the principles are the same. And that's really where I focus and where leadership, the warrior's art focuses. Awesome. So you, I, I, I know in your book, you, you focus on three different types of leaders. So you, you focus on the what leader, you focus on the how leader, 
and then you focus on the why leader. So can you just kind of explain, let's start really basic. What are those three types of leaders and how do they differ one from the other? Sure. I, I think first it's important to have a definition of leadership. And my definition of leadership is leaders. leadership is the art of inspiring people to contribute their best to your team's success. So every element of that is vital. So inspire rather than coerce. I mean, you can, you can get people to do things if you have a big enough baseball bat, uh, but that's not leadership. That's just coercion. So leadership is about inspiring, inspiring. It's about inspiring people to contribute their best and most authentic selves. If they feel like they have to hide at work, if they feel like they can't be who they truly are, then they're not going to be contributing their, their best. And, and then you do it, and there's a context. There's a broader purpose, which is you know, for the team's success, for the firm's success, for the organization's success. So that's, that's Chris Galinda's definition of leadership, and I break that out a bit in Leadership, the Warrior's Art. And then to get to your question about you know, what, how, and why leaders, so there are three basic kinds of leaders, and those are the three. Imagine a, a triangle. At the bottom of the triangle, you have got your what leaders. So what leaders do what they're told to do? They're given a mission by the boss. They're given a task by the boss. And they do what they are told to do. And the hero in this case is the boss because the boss is the one giving, giving the, the direction and guidance. The what leader is executing what he or she has been told to do. At the next level is the how leader. Now, the how leader is the one with, with the answers, the one who's got all the game plans, the one who's got the solutions, and everybody is looking to the how leader for what to do next. So the how leader has got the game plan. The hero for the how leader is the how leader themselves. So you, if you're a, if you're a how leader, then you position yourself as the hero because you're the one with all the game plans, the solutions and the answers, and everybody's looking to you. Now, the advantage of that is everybody sees you as, as the expert, as the unparalleled, unquestioned authority. The downside of that, of course, is everybody's looking to you for answers. They're not necessarily thinking of them, thinking for themselves. How leaders can often discourage innovation, either deliberately or, or unintentionally, and create dependency. The third level of leaders, so this is the top of the triangle, is the why leader. And the why leader instead of providing game plan solutions and answers, the why leader provides guidance and purpose and questions so that their subordinates think for themselves, so that their subordinates innovate. They're the ones who uh, pass the credit to their subordinates and take the heat when something goes wrong. So the hero for a why leader are their subordinates. They're the champions of their subordinates. And that's how they help inspire them to contribute their best to their team's success. With a how leader, you are capped at your content expertise, if you will. 
or the amount that you can personally manage. With a high, with a Y leader, there really is no cap on the size of the organization, the level of complexity, because your focus is guidance, purpose, and questions, and bringing out the best in your subordinates. So that's the that's the what, how, and why leader uh, triangle. Those three broad types. Love it. Thank you for that. So the why leader. So it's interesting because in, in a we also talk about culture and in culture, we talk about freedom, right? And giving your people freedom. And it seems like the Y leader actually gives people more freedom. So clearly you see the Y leader as the, the top of the, the, the top of the mountain. Talk about a CPA. You got, I mean, you have five employees, you have 15 employees, you have 20 employees. How do you do that? So, so I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm asking, the, you know, it's, it's the Y leader, but how do you become that why leader? How do you become that person that is comfortable asking the questions, comfortable giving the, their subordinates the, the, the credit? Okay. I, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of, of the, the, the people who say, well, if, if there was a problem, it's my problem. If there was success, it's, the, it's somebody else's success. And of course, we see that in the, particularly in the athletic uh, arena, right? Where we see really strong um, either a quarterback or, you know, a leader of a team saying, well, look, this is the, you know, this is uh, when there's credit due, it's all, you know, it's my lineman, for example, right? This is the lineman that are, that are kind of the key to my success. It's not me. Um, but how do you actually, how do you develop, how do you develop into that kind of a why leader? Well, Eisenhower was a great example of why leadership, where he was always passing the credit to his subordinates, whether as a general, as a Supreme Allied Commander in Europe during World War II, or as a president. And you contrast that with a lot of uh, what you see today, where leaders are, uh, people are hogging all the credit and then throwing people under the bus. Right. Um, so it's the, it's, the, it, it's the opposite, it's really disturbing. So there are really six ways, uh, six habits, of becoming a Y leader. The first one is authenticity, being comfortable in your own skin, being you. And this gets into your, your who, and we had a little bit of discussion about this beforehand, but understanding your who, understanding your natural superpowers and contributions, and those of your subordinates is, the, is a first vital step. I, I, I love that you know, who you are. I mean, seriously, to me, that's a lifelong journey, right? Is that you're trying to figure out who you are. We, we tell our CPAs, we have a leadership conference coming up and we tell our CPAs that the, the very first thing they have to do is spend a lot of time on personal development because you have to know who you are. Um, and once you know who you are, then it's okay telling everybody about it. But if you don't know who you are, how can you ever tell anybody else? And how can you ever be free to tell people who you are when you're kind of protecting that who yourself, you don't even know who it is. Right. You're, you're exactly right. And you know, there are plenty of personality tests out there and they, you know, they are reveal some interesting things about us and the counseling's normally really good. The, what you get out of it in terms of a leader though, I've been really dissatisfied. I've taken them all disc TTISI, predictive index, Enneagram, um, et cetera. And they really didn't help me understand how to lead. And, and so we developed a thing called 
the PROM, PROM archetypes. So PROM stands for Pioneers, Reconcilers, Operators, and Mavericks. And these are the four kinds of people you tend to see in organizations, and you can differentiate them by their observable contributions to your team when they are using their, their superpowers. Some of us are extroverts. Extrovert just simply means you get your energy by being around other people. Some of us are introverts which simply means you get your energy by, you, you replenish your energy by being alone. Has nothing to do with your leadership ability, has nothing to do with your people skills. Some people are very ideas oriented. They love whiteboards and other people are very detail oriented. See a lot of um, CPAs, very detail oriented. I love my detail oriented CPAs. And so you're Extroverted and big ideas types tend to be pioneers. Pioneers are your innovators. They love to rally people behind new ideas and new technologies. Mark Zuckerberg, classic uh, pioneer. George Patton, classic pioneer. Your extroverted and detail-oriented people are reconcilers. They tend to be people who are very good at building consensus at managing all of the big egos around the table. Dwight Eisenhower, who we mentioned, Abraham Lincoln, uh, classic reconcilers. Your detail-oriented and introverted people are operators. These are the ones who make the trains run on time. They build your systems and processes to a really high standard. George Washington was an operator. Queen Elizabeth is an operator. And then your big idea introverts are mavericks. And mavericks are people who are your big picture strategists. Uh, think people like Oprah Winfrey, Martin Luther King Jr., Steve Jobs, all mavericks. All four archetypes can be great leaders. So there are very healthy versions of each. There are average versions of each. There are destructive versions of each. Um, so understanding your, your who and your natural superpowers that you bring to an organization can help you to put the right people around you to accentuate your personal strengths and, uh, and to put a team around you that, that complements you. No, I love that. That's that's great. Um, I will say we, we do use another one, another one called um, Colby which is, I don't know if you've used Colby, um, which is natural instincts, which isn't uh -huh. going to tell you your leadership style, but it will tell you how you're going to behave. And it's actually very, right. very accurate. Uh, I know a lot, there are some very big companies that use it. This is, this is equally great. This is terrific. So thank you for that. Yeah. The elegance of it is its simplicity and you can keep your whole organizations in, in your head. And the other beautiful thing about it is because there's no single leadership archetype that is authoritative, when you are working together with your subordinates, you can avoid the mini-me syndrome. Yeah. So the mini-me syndrome happens when we try to turn people into mini-me's of us. Right. Um, and if you recognize, for instance, that you are a maverick and one of your subordinates is a reconciler, your job is not to try to turn that person into a maverick like you, it's to help that person be the best reconciler they can possibly be and put them in a position where they're going to contribute their best to your, to your success. And, and this 
you know, more than most, you know, similar or the different personality tests, for instance, won't help you do that. This will. No, I, I, I love that. Um, I, I love my operators. I'm, um, I'm, I'm way over on the left on the idea, uh, on the idea side. So, um, it, and I find myself that I need to make sure that I have other people that are not like me. So I literally do not want a mini me specifically. Right. I want, uh, I want all these others because I, you need all these others, right? You're, you need everybody yeah. in an organization. You're exactly right. As a, as a card carrying maverick, I want operators and reconcilers. They, they, they complete me. They help me be my best self and hold my feet to the ground and make sure that I'm not out creating great ideas that, you know, and they'll tell me when I'm smoking crack, uh, for instance. But yes, you see what, what you just described, where you want other, the other types around you is so vital for leaders. And, uh, and, and it's great self-awareness because we tend to have affinity bias, which means we like to put people around us who look, think, and act like us. And this system helps you break out of that affinity bias, see people for the observable contributions and superpowers that they make, and then give you ways to bring out their best. Okay, so this is great. So, so we, talk, we talked about who, okay, you said there were six. Yeah. So who's the first um, one, right? All right. right. So, the, so let's quickly, quickly, because we're, we're, we're a little short on time, but let's quickly run through the other five. Yeah. So the, the second one is, is uh, the, the principles of trustworthiness, respect, and stewardship. So you need to be worthy of trust, treat people with respect, with equal dignity, and then be good steward of your uh, people and organization. Uh, the third one is, is practice empathy, because empathy is your shortcut to success. You've got to be able to be able to go to other people's bus stops, go to where they are and see the world from their point of view. Uh, number four is taking responsibility. So being response able, able to respond to situations. And that's where you are, um, you are passing the credit. You're taking the, you know, the heat. Um, you are holding people accountable the right way without, uh, without being a jerk. Uh, number five is it's all about the, the why. It's about the rallying people behind um, the purpose, the mission of the organization. And then six is a little bit what you mentioned earlier. It's about, it's about uh, sharpening your ax. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, if you gave me six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend the first two sharpening my axe. And so continuing to build your leadership um, capacity is, uh, is, is number six. Oh, I, lo I love it. That's why we're doing our leadership conference on May 12th through 14th. So awesome. thank you. Um, thanks for that. We do a leadership conference. That's the one conference we do every year. So we do a leadership conference every year for specifically this, this reason is that uh, I'm just a huge believer that if we can develop our leadership skills, everything else gets easier when, when we have the leadership skills. And, and, when, and I, I also love the saying that the, the purpose of a leader is to create other leaders. So you're right. I mean, I love this. You don't have to create other leaders like you. Okay. And I don't, frankly, I don't want to create leaders like me. Uh, I, I don't need more of me. <laughs> I'm a lot. <laughs> people, people will tell me all the time, you're a lot. Uh, my, my, my wife, when I first, uh, when I, when I was first dating her, her son, um, uh, came, came to me and 
it came to her and she, he said, you know, Tom's a great guy, but really, can you handle all that energy? There's a lot of energy there. So um, we don't need more Toms, but what we do need is we need all the different types of leaders and we need everybody to be a leader. So if you, if you can, just kind of to wrap up a little bit, could you give us, uh, uh, Chris, could you give us two or three specific steps that people can take towards becoming that why leader? Well, the first one is, is understand your, your problem archetype. So you can go to strategicleadersacademy.com uh, slash leader quiz. And, and in eight questions, you get your prom archetype. You can have your team take it. And then you'll know uh, where, based on that quiz and what you observe, uh, what people's natural tendencies and superpowers are, how they contribute. And, and then you can start helping people be the best version of themselves. The second is take time to do 15-minute uh, weekly check-ins with every one of your direct reports. If you don't have time to do that, then you've got too many direct reports or your priorities are messed up. But do a one-on-one -on -one every 15 minutes and ask them, or once a week for about 15 minutes, and just ask them, hey, what are your priorities for this week to make sure that you've got alignment? In what ways are you using your superpowers this week? In what ways are you using your natural talents to, to help us grow? How can, in what ways could you continue using them? And what guidance and resources do you need from me to be successful? And if you just ask them those three questions once a week, then you are going to find that you are people are contributing their best to your team's success. And when people are doing the right things the right way without you having to micromanage them, then you can focus on strategy and growth. That, that obviously goes to that servant leader type of an idea, right? That right? How can I support you? What can I do to help you be your best as opposed to what is it can you do to, to make that, you know, to help me, right? Exactly it's, it's, right? It very much is flipping that on its end. And I think that you, you really hit, we really do have to understand who, right? Who we are and who our other team members are. Who are the other, you know, the other leaders on our team who are they? So I, I, I think being able to categorize, like you say, um, and understand who they are and how what what's their superpower is critical because once you can do that, then all of a sudden you can make them that much better and you can help them be that much better. Um, you know, that's to me, some of that's the empathy, right, that you talk about and the listening. How can I be empathetic? How can I put myself, uh, I like your idea, be at their bus stop? right? <laughs> How can I be at their bus stop? That's hard. It's hard. You know, yeah, that's it, one thing I learned in Afghanistan is that I had to learn to see us and, and what we were doing through, through Afghan eyes. And it's hard. Um, and you've got to, you've got to be very deliberate about it. But when you can say, Hey, here's what I think I heard you say. And they reply to you. That's exactly right. Then, then you're on the right track. That's awesome. So thank you. So um, best way to get more information about uh, uh, Chris Kalenda and your work is where? Well, you can go to our website, strategicleadersacademy.com is, is the easiest way. And, and you'll see me there and, and the things that we do. Uh, my books are available anywhere you can find books. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, Books a Million, et, et cetera, and so forth. Awesome. Well, thank you again, uh, Chris Kalenda. Um, the book is Leadership, 
the warrior's art. Um, this was a terrific discussion, Chris. Thank you so much. And just remember that as we develop our leadership skills, as we become better leaders and we help others in our organization become better leaders, we're always going to develop better clients, a better practice, and a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.